0: to meteorological fall everybody this is meteorologist joe martucci at the press of atlantic city it is the first wednesday of september it is time for our something in the air podcast where we come with you every month recapping the month that was and this month was august and join with us fresh from his trip from cape may new jersey new jersey state climatologist dr dave robinson dr robinson how are we doing today i'm doing fine happy climatologic fall from a yes.
1: climatologist. Yes,
0: yes. Uh, technically, I, I, Dr. Robinson is correct. Uh, why do we call it that? I don't understand. Why do some people call it meteorological fall, then, like myself? Uh, we well, lose that in translation at
1: people, some point? I think more people call it meteorologic fall. It's just, you know, we, we're lazy. We take the three warmest months of the year, June, July, and August, and call it summer. Um, goes back to days where we didn't have a lot of daily data we didn't have computers we didn't have digital databases so we divided up to see the year into four three-month segments so it's kind of antiquated
0: um, but it tells a bit of a story well i think it's a little better than our what we would consider fall astronomical fall which is the yeah, yeah. It, that's it, another story yeah, I want to hear about a more pleasant story, which was your time in Cape May. How was it? Do anything exciting? Cape May bubble hold up okay? Cape May bubble is there.
1: It, it, it faltered a little bit the last couple days. No, Cape May's wonderful. It's one of our favorite places. Uh, the water is great. The beach is fabulous. The people are great. The kayaking was good. The wine was tasty. Uh, you name it. It was, a, it was a nice welcome break after a very busy summer.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, it just goes to show there's so much to do here, right here along the shore. You don't have to go far. I think a lot of us have seen it with COVID this year. You don't have to travel to the Caribbean. You don't have to travel to Florida. Right here, we got a lot to do, but it will be nice to get out eventually. All right. So let's talk about the month of August and the way I saw it, and we'll get into numbers. It was fairly tame with one major exception. Uh, and that would be Isaiah that came through uh, the first Tuesday in August. Um, do you agree with that sentiment, or is there something else maybe we should be talking about? And we will—we'll talk about temperatures and precipitation a little bit.
1: Yeah, yeah. For the most part, that was it. Um, there were some real stormy conditions particularly in the southwest corner of the state, where one of our volunteer observers had over 15 inches of rain in August. <laughs> um, but it just seemed to want to rain over there. And they had some very strong winds. We had gusts over 80 miles an hour at one of our stations in Upper Deerfield. Mm-hmm. Uh, but over in southeast corner of New Jersey, it was, it was mostly a tropical storm. And then the hit-and-miss thunderstorms that came along. Right. And, and it was warm it was one of the warmer august on record
0: but that's it's like a broken record so there's yeah. there's nothing new about that. it's nothing new we came off our record hottest july our record hottest month in recorded history which goes back to the late 1800s but let's talk about isaiah so you know when we were here with you last month it was just a day after so we were still picking up the pieces but you know i think people are still cleaning up trees and branches from their property. I mean, I see it when I'm going to the parkway, you know, right around the bend, there's still a fallen tree that no one has taken down yet. But, you know, the storm, to recap for everybody, the the track of the storm actually did stay to our west, and we were on the northeastern side, which usually brings your worst conditions, and that we had. We had sustained winds up to uh, 58 miles an hour. That was in Fortescue, that's tropical storm strength, definitely. We had two tornadoes, one in Memora, uh, that one, fairly significant for South Jersey standards. Um, a few of the mobile home parks uh, were destroyed pretty good. And we both saw on a lighter note in the parkway, right by mile marker 24, you can see the trees down. But then we also had another one in Ship Bottom. So just kind of tell us, you know, where this stacks up in, in history. Um, you know, it wasn't a Sandy, obviously, but it wasn't a Fay either, which happened again, you know, in July. So this is our second tropical system that yeah. we had for months. Yeah, I mean, Fay
1: was well behaved. It was just a lot of rain, but not too much rain, and much needed rain, mm-hmm. um, not much wind. Uh, East Texas had no storm surge, which was, uh, was welcome. tides were a little high. Uh, along the coast, not much rain at all. Up the Delaware Valley, um, there was three, six plus inches of rain in some areas. And then they got hit three days later over in Gloucester County by another three inches of rain. And that was enough to break a few small dams over in the southwest corner. Uh, But over in the Atlantic City area, it was the wind uh, and and those rogue tornadoes that came out of the storm that were the strongest in Sandy. Uh, Then you look back to the derecho. um, You look at the strong winds five years ago in in a very strong thunderstorm complex Mm -hmm. when I was in Cape May, as a matter of fact. It was the wind. It, it was the power outages. Um, there were some injuries reported, although I have not heard of any deaths in New Jersey directly attributable to the storm, which is just either. wonderful. Um, but yeah, quite a bit of damage, Lot a lot of trees down. You have to remember, Sandy had stronger winds from about the expressway up to the north, but many of the leaves were off the trees. Here we were in full foliage with very strong winds uh, and those winds grab, uh, the leaves grab the wind like a sail and they can really help to topple, um, topple the trees.
0: Yeah, and not only that, but we had a lot of trees along the shore that were, that turned brown or even fell off. I did a piece on this, it was the salt burn um, which actually was with another uh, Rutgers professor that I spoke with. And um, just when you have 12 hours of salt air just blowing onto, onto shore and it's not, you know, five, 10 mile an hour salt there. I mean, we were getting up there, you know, 30, 40, and like I said, even 58 miles an hour in Fortescue, you know, it, it, what it does is it removes that waxy substance off the leaves. And, and actually in turn with that, in addition to the salt air getting to the soil, reduces the water pressure in the tree, which ultimately starves the tree. So it was uh interesting and um I believe what's that? You sound like a botanist. I'm impressed. I've learned a lot. It was Professor uh, Jason Grabowski. I hope yeah. I'm not butchering that. Yes. Nope. Uh he uh he taught me a lot. So I'm just being a good journalist, just regurgitating what I heard. Um, but it was I was down in Summer's Point and you did see it, you know, trees off or leaves off the trees, and even some trees, half of the tree the 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 seaward facing tr- side was brown or the trees were off and the other half was fine so you know the uh, uh, professor kabrowski said you know we had that during sandy but it was only in the pine barrens because it was late october and a lot of these trees you know obviously a lot of the trees were already turning and some even fell off you really had to go to the pine barren with the pine trees to see that um well you're right are good part of the reason it didn't happen with sandy as well is cape may county had 10
1: inches of rain so it kept washing it off the fact was only a quarter of an inch of rain fell along some of the coast Um, same thing happened on long island and i witnessed the same thing back in the early 90s when hurricane bob came up into southern new england i was on cape cod and we only had about a quarter inch of rain and 80 mile an hour, 90 mile an hour winds, and within the next couple of days, just
0: brown. Oh my God. All right. So you have seen that before? This wasn't your uh, first rodeo with this.
1: Nope.
0: You know, it, it's interesting because usually, what you know, if you talk to some OEM, and you know, I'll try to say it too, is you know, usually when you're talking about a hurricane. Here along the coast you're always dealing with the storm surge that's the most impactful part and it can cause a lot of fatalities wind is like the the, i'll say the sexy word to use because that's how we categorize our storms but we don't always try to focus on that i try not to focus on it but this was you know unique and not that i've been working forever but in my illustrious seven-year working career um not really talked about a tropical system that you're really talking about the winds and that is the main threat even more than the storm surge you know is that just and just putting it from like the storms that we usually see in new jersey i'm going to imagine but you can confirm that that's pretty rare that we're talking about the winds as a main impact from some kind of tropical system
1: yeah it's pretty rare and and again as you mentioned it has to do with the fact that the storm track was up through eastern pennsylvania maybe just touched Northwest Jersey, and that put uh, most of New Jersey on, all of New Jersey, on the right side of the storm, not the correct side, the right (laughs) side of the storm, which generally is the east side. Now with Sandy, the right side of the storm was central Jersey and north Jersey because the storm came in perpendicular to the coast, and the right side tends to be the windy side, the left side tends to be the wet one. And that's why South Jersey got the rain with Sandy. Um, The last time, the one that really sticks in my memory bank, was Tropical Storm David in 1979. The first year they started naming the storms with male names. Ah, David came along. There you go. Up through Susquehanna Valley. Basically, I can't remember the exact track, but it put Jersey on the right side of the storm. And I hadn't seen, uh, I, I lived up in Burton County at the time. I hadn't seen such tree damage in my life, essentially, uh, up in that area from the winds on the east side of
0: David in 1979.
1: 1979. Um, yeah. You remember
0: I, that, right? <laughs> I, was, I was negative a couple of years old at that point in time. Yes, I was. Uh, Definitely not alive. I, I don't think uh, my parents were thinking too much about me yet either in 1979. But that's OK. That's why you are my meteorological father, because you are the wise one here. I am just trying to learn. Um, uh, what else can we say about Ease IES? I mean, if, if there was a lot of tornadoes with it. We talked about them both. Um, well, yeah, well, let's talk about one thing here. And you and I have talked about it a couple of times. But we recorded, actually, 109 mile an hour wind gusts just west of Ship Bottom. Uh, from the storm. And that was actually in the middle of that tornado that crossed over the 72 bridge. Um, I haven't really gotten a good word from the national weather service about whether, you know, I, I don't think it's, it's not included in the Isaias winds, but it could be a state record is what you were saying. So I'll, I'll let you talk about that.
1: Yeah. It, it's up there with some gust in Newark at a storm in, uh, what was at 1950. 1950, I think. Yeah. November of 1950. Um, it appears legitimate. Uh, I'm, I'm knowledgeable of the instrument and the, and the company that measures winds along the coastal U.S. for insurance companies and such. Um, they have a good, good setup. And, and it seems like that station was in the right or wrong place at the right or wrong time. And this water spout slash tornado, depending whether it was over the bay or over land at any given time during the event, um, passed over it. Um, So you got those very strong winds, but those were not indicative of the overall winds of the storm. And that's why the Weather Service isn't saying that storm had gusts up to X amount, because you factor in the tornadoes. And there were three tornadoes in Delaware, including their longest, tornado track on record. I kid my friends in the state climate office in Delaware that they could have actually a 30-mile tornado track in the state of Delaware and only in the state. (laughs) Um, And then there were, I think, seven in Maryland, maybe a couple in Pennsylvania. Um, Some tropical systems produce a lot of tornadoes. And it's not necessarily the strongest tropical storms. It all has to do with other weather factors that interact with the storm itself that can lead to a more abundant tornado outbreak associated with the storm. And while this was only a tropical storm, it, it was in an environment that led to quite a few tornadoes.
0: Yeah, yeah. And th- that, this is another relatively active year for tornadoes for us. So last year, we had nine in the state. This year, I'm going to, you might know better than I, I believe we're at about f- maybe five or six you know not, what, I can't remember. Yeah, it's something uh, it's like no that. No more it, than we that. Average, we average two a year in the yeah, state. Yeah. Now, some years we get zero, of course. But, um, you know, last question I'll ask you, and then we'll start turning to temperature and precipitation about this is, you know, we've had two, I don't want to say landfalling, but two systems that were nearby to New Jersey. We're not even, you know, we're in the peak of hurricane season now you know, is there something with climate change related to the number of storms that we're getting in New Jersey? What can you tell us about that?
1: Yeah, Uh, the research, first of all, the research can't get as specific as looking to some area as small as the mid-Atlantic, let alone New Jersey, Uh, but the prevailing research right now suggests that uh, with global warming that we're experiencing, we're not necessarily seeing more in the way of tropical systems, but they tend to be stronger and what's most worrisome is they tend to uh, evolve very quickly. We saw that with Michael two years ago in the Gulf. We saw it with Laura just a week ago in, in the Gulf. Uh, we saw it with Dorian last year in the Caribbean uh, and, and into the Bahamas. Uh, that's the worrisome side because you don't have a lot of time to prepare. So the, the large numbers don't necessarily seem to be associated with climate change, but the strength and the quick strengthening of these storms appears to be associated with warmer sea surface temperatures, both at the surface and beneath the surface. And and that really helps these storms fire up and and become quite strong. And that's what the models suggest the future holds.
0: Mm -hmm. Got it. So not necessarily more storms, but potentially more stronger storms uh, that have come here. All right, so great talk about these ideas. Hopefully, we don't have to have another monthly recap where we talk about his tropical system. Uh, what we'll do is we're going to take a brief break, and then we come back. We'll talk about the rest of the month. We'll talk about temperatures, precipitation, even a little bit about fall foliage. This is Something in the Air podcast. And we're back, everybody. This is Something in the Air podcast. He is New Jersey State Climatologist, Dr. Dave Robinson, located right at Rutgers University. I'm meteorologist Joe Martucci. I went to Rutgers University at one point in time, got a degree in meteorology, and even interned with him. And uh, we actually did some research on dew points, and it was, uh, you know, fairly sticky at times. Of course, that's what it is during the month of August. But let's talk about temperatures and precipitation. Where did we stack up, especially coming off our record hottest July?
1: It was warm again. Uh, temperatures in South Jersey specifically and North Jersey uh, and New Jersey as a whole ranked as the fifth warmest August. And that goes back to 1895, 126 years. Yeah. So we had the fifth warmest August. We had the warmest July. We had the 10th warmest June. So I, we, we we just had a lot of warmth all summer long. Um, it was most noticeable in the low temperatures. Um, we just didn't get cool at night because the air was moist, yeah. um, and, and, it, and, and the waters are warm. And that just contributes to keeping the temperatures elevated at night. I, I can't think of a record high temperature we broke for any given day. Uh, again, you've heard me say this since we started this podcast uh, journey. <laughs> Yeah. It's the persistence it's the persistence of the warmth that just goes on and on and on and, and and with that records
0: for longevity get set
1: but not necessarily for extreme torrid heat
0: yeah and we had the uh, longest streak at Atlantic Senior National Airport of 70 degree or greater low temperatures not that anyone's keeping a record of it but it was just something I started tracking and we and we blew it out of the water I, I you know i wish i had the number on me with me but i believe it was something like in the mid-20s is the streak we had and the record was like 14 or something we absolutely obliterated it but uh you're right i mean these mornings for the most part have been soupy i've been saying who needs south florida when you have south jersey have Guess weather right here you know but uh to your point we know we did not break any records um you know any heat records uh in the area It was just this persistent upper 80s, low 90s warmth. I mean, our average high temperatures on the mainland, mid 80, 86 is where we top out and we start sliding as we go through August. And at the shore, Atlantic City Marina, it's low 80s, 80 degrees. So it doesn't take much to be above average. Um, You know, so fifth warmest August, when you combine... June, July, and August, I know I told you off camera that, that we wouldn't do this, but let's just talk about the summer now since we're on the topic of it and it makes sense. Where do we rack up for the summer as a whole, meteorological summer? Well, one might think it was the warmest, but it wasn't. It was the, the, second
1: warmest, second the second warmest. Second warmest. 2010 was warmer. Okay. Um, but 2010 uh, was statewide was like eight tenths of a degree warmer than number two which is huge. Yes, This year was only three-tenths of a degree below 2010. So we were closer to 2010 than we were to third place. Right, right. Um, But we we didn't get there. We didn't get there in part because June wasn't quite, quite as warm um, as a record-breaking June in 2010. But July eclipsed what we found in 2010 but we're so we're almost splitting hairs there but the fact is for average temperature 2010 still rules but for average minimum temperature this year was number one yeah, this is yeah it felt
0: like it our acs i actually have a phone call i'm making with ac electric because i'm not even kidding my electric bill <laughs> has been higher than it's ever been before for late july into late august and i i just want to double check everything's all right but Yeah, a lot of running of the air conditioner, really warm nights that we've had here. And um, uh, is that, let me just specify, is that for the whole state of New Jersey or is that just for our area down here? Both. For both. Both South Jersey and the state. And you have to
1: remember, the closer you get to the coast, the more difficult it is to cool it down at night. And that's why you had that run of 70 degree warmth along the coast even more so. Mm -hmm. Um, If you get into the Pinelands, if you get into North Jersey inland, you could open a window many a night, even if it falls into the upper 60s. It was more the humidity that got you there. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, un- un- uncomfortable in terms of that sleeping weather. But again, we didn't set nearly, get close to records for average high temperature. We were, yeah, maybe rank I think we ranked statewide 17th uh, for high temperatures. Uh, it's, it's, we, we just didn't have those hundred degree days that we can have occasionally, yeah. uh, during some summers.
0: Right, right. Let's switch on over to the precipitation. Um, we've had, uh, a few heavy rain events, uh, not easy, yes, uh, that happened in southeastern New Jersey. Um, we were wetter than average. How wet were we? Yeah, it was, uh, a little above, you know. It, well,
1: as as often we find in the summer, it's where you are, um, what community you're in, what county you're in, uh, that can make a difference. South Jersey, as a whole, averaged 5.24 inches of rain for the month of August. That's an inch and sixteen hundredths above normal, but that ranks as the 40th wettest July ad, uh, excuse me, August. Out of the last 126, so it wasn't particularly exceptional. However, you know, over in uh, Gloucester County, one place was over 15 inches, another over 14 inches, and, and even within your readership and yeah. viewing area, uh, I looked at some of our Cocoraz observers in that area, and let me give you, uh, let me Four people to death with some numbers, right. and no, I don't
0: have them memorized. I have them <laughs> jotted <them> down. <laughs> Are you going to say our number here in Pleasantville? Uh, no, I'm not. Oh, okay. you you can tell you yours. Yeah, I, I don't ha- I got to go look it up on my phone.
1: Why you go? I'll look it up. The wettest place in Atlantic County in August was Buena Vista with 11.60 inches of rain, and the driest was Hamilton with 5.55. So they were both above the whole South Jersey average. Mm-hmm. Um, In Ocean County, a little drier, Um, 7.62 inches was the wettest, and now it's in Jackson, but only 4.15 inches fell in Stafford, which I find particularly amusing, because last summer, Stafford had two five-inch rainfall events. It just wanted to rain in Stafford last summer. This summer, it don't want to rain there. No. Um, And then you go down to Cape May. And 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 Middle Township nine point four seven inches, and Wildwood Crest came in lower at five eighty four. So quite abundant moisture in Atlantic
0: and Cape May in particular. Little less so in in Ocean. Sure. Hey, you know what's interesting too is I know you said Buena Vista and Hamilton both are above average, but they're not that far apart. And to have a what was it about a six inch difference between the two? Yeah, about a twice as much. Yeah. About yeah, twice so as much. A we've little more. How twice as the thunderstorms are, uh, yeah. you know, that we do see during the summer. And then, you know, we're talking about summer as a whole. Uh, where were we there? I
1: got some numbers there. Uh, for the whole, South Jersey averaged 15.95 inches for the summer. Okay. And the average is 12.34. So over three and a half above normal. That's not quite an extra month. But it would be a winter month, 3, three and a half inches or sure. so. So overall, a, a, a wet summer. And I've got the winners and losers by county there, too. Oh, Atlanta okay. County. Zero. Buena Vista in Atlanta County was the winner of 23.03 inches for the three months combined. So that's averaging not quite eight inches a month. Uh, Galloway was low at 15.79 that's still over five inches a month on average. So quite ample. Um, Up in Ocean, uh, Manchester, 20.87. But on the low end, Stafford at 11.47, 11.47. And finally, the north-south side of Cape May, Woodbine, 21.60 inches on the high end. And Lower Township, a station down there, 14.31 inches. Cape May bubble
0: coming in clutch you know, a a little
1: bit of a difference. So yeah, but overall, um, we were on on the wet side, kept things pretty green. And that's after a pretty dry June. So uh,
0: the majority of that rain fell in July and August. Right. And we had a good chunk of that during Fay as well. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I did, I did a little bit of backtracking. Couldn't find the my cocoa rust for the month, but I did find we were 21 nights above 70 degrees at Atlantic City International Airport. That is where we were. And that's that's an incredible string. Yeah, yeah. We got to 70 a few times, uh, but we still stayed at or above 70. And remember, that's inland
1: in the Pinelands, which likes to cool down at night yeah. because of the sandy soils lose the heat of the day. But it just shows we didn't get those crisp, clear, low humidity nights yeah. that allowed that heat to escape. So it stayed trapped in the lower atmosphere and behaved more like out at the marina, for instance. Yeah. Um, so that's really impressive for the airport. Not nearly as impressive if it was to be at the marina, right? I'd, le- I'd love to know the streaks there. We should look at the streaks. I, I,
0: yeah, I could take a look at it um, and, and let you know. I know that the record for the marina was substantially higher than the fourteen that was at the airport. But know, no know, question. With this warm and warm and wet summer that we had, what does that mean for foliage for us? You know, I know it's the beginning of September. Maybe some of you don't want to think fall yet, but it's coming. Yeah, I mean, there are really three ways to look at
1: foliage, and one of them doesn't vary, and that's the, the solar angle. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, although it can vary a little bit with how much sunshine we get. But then you look at temperature and you look at precipitation. And when it comes to precipitation, uh, we're already good to go. Um, you sometimes can have a real ugly and early season if it's been very dry and the leaves just turn brown and they fall off. Um, there's some issues of that up in New England and parts of New York State because they've been so dry in parts this summer. That's not going to be the case in South Jersey or anywhere in New Jersey. Uh, Even if it were to stop raining now for the next six weeks it might have some impact but not nearly um, what it could be if we had had a dry summer. So then we turn to temperature um, and a lot of the leaf turning and the vibrancy of the color Again, I'm not the botanist, uh, but... uh,
0: (laughs) Professor Gropowski?
1: Yeah, right. I understand it has to do with cool nights help the trees shut down. And with that, um, the chlorophyll disappears and the leaves can turn color. But you need those cooler nights. And that would be my only concern is we've had so... It's not that we've had so few cool nights already, but we're in this era where we're not getting a lot of cool nights in the fall. and and that could have some impact on the vibrancy, but put it all together, I think it's going to be a pretty good
0: season. Good, yeah, and I believe, um, I think it was maybe last year was a good season as well, maybe, yeah, yeah, last year was pretty good. Um, I believe the year before that, 2018, we were very warm and very humid until about Columbus Day, Um, and we didn't really get any of those cool nights in September, and really, again, through Columbus Day, so We'll say, fingers crossed, we'll hope, uh, because that'll drive, uh, you know, more people around. We want to promote as many people as we can to do so safely and tour around New Jersey. We have some good full foliage spots in the state. You know, New England's great, uh, but if we can stay here in Jersey, you know, it's just another reason why we have it all here in the Great Garden State of New Jersey. All right we got another about another minute left here, minute 30. So just tell me what's going on at the uh, climate office. You can touch on a little bit what life is going to be like at Rutgers this fall. Floor is yours.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, State climate office, I still got my fabulous staff scattered all over the place, doing all kinds of interesting work. We're doing some precipitation studies for the Department of Environmental Protection. Um, we're doing some transportation-related studies. Uh, for a multi-agency, multi-state transportation group. Um, So that's always interesting. Our network is going strong. Uh, We added another station up in Sussex County this past month in Wantage. Uh, We retired one of our stations in Hillsborough in Somerset County, but we have another in Hillsborough at Duke Farms. So that's doing fine. Um, you know, we're, just, we're just busy and, and that's all great, but I'd love to see my colleagues a little more often. And then here at Rutgers, I sneak into the office a couple of days a week because it's so quiet and I live so close. I've been here the last two days for the first two consecutive days since March. Mm-hmm. And I've probably talked, I haven't talked to anyone today <laughs> and I've been here seven hours already. Just me. Uh, and yesterday I saw my IT person who helped me with the problem I was having with the new Zoom software that Rutgers had gotten because I want to use that for my two classes. One of which began yesterday, um, excuse me on, uh, yeah, began yesterday. And the other that begins uh, tomorrow. So it's very strange it, it's, and it's sad for the students. Um, I met with 20 freshman students in a class yesterday that was their first Rutgers class yeah. and they had to have it virtually yeah um, we're talking to each other we're all seeing each other introducing ourselves so we'll be all right um but it, it it's kind of sad i i feel for the students
0: yeah yeah i'm with you i mean i think you kind of nailed it on the head i mean for a lot of people they're ending their high school career the same way they're starting it with their college career you know on zoom nothing's changing for a lot of them and I remember when i was a freshman at Rutgers. Rutgers is a big big place and there's a lot of bus lines to navigate around and you know it's a little bit of death by f- trial by fire in the beginning but it's all worth it and I, I even though i had some embarrassing moments in the beginning trying to find myself around you know by about november no big deal you know where you're going so <laughs> i always <laughs> say the best, best thing about being a,
1: a, a sophomore is that you're no longer a freshman
0: yes you've
1: kind of gotten used to it and you know but they're gonna to have to come get used to it a little later and a little different pace. But it's important to have these freshman seminars because they'll get to know a faculty member. Um, they won't be just left in a big lecture hall. Now it would just be a big online class where you're yeah. even more anonymous. Um, yeah. So I think it's important that we, we go face to face. I have a climate class starts tomorrow that as of today had 36 students registered in it. Um, it's challenging, but we're going to make it work. We're going to make it work. I know you will. I I think Rutgers made the correct decision, as we've seen with other colleges, which have had to transition to remote. Um, And and with that, maybe that will help us get back here faster. Uh, Although we'll see how the fall progresses and how we go into, uh, uh, into the new
0: year. Yeah, I hear you. Well, hopefully we can at least hope for some nice weather in September to kind of ease the uh, transition back for a lot of people. Local summer September, of course, great time to be down here at the shore. So, all right, njclimate.org is the website and njweather.org, or did I miss it up? Yep. We're
1: good. njweather.org is our weather network. njclimate.org gives you a look at the longer term perspective. There they you can reach each from
0: either, yes. so that's, back
1: that's once you go perfect so that's
0: where you can check him out you can always find these episodes the latest forecast articles and more at the press of ac.com slash weather we'll be back with you in the middle of september um, to be determined for what it's going to be and who we're going to interview i have something in mind but i just have to confirm it and i think it'll be a pretty fun one if we can do that so we'll be back with you dr robinson at the beginning of october hopefully again no tropical storms we need to talk about we'll have a nice easy month Time will tell. Until then, take care everybody, stay safe, and we'll be back with you soon. This is something to be